Hey, welcome, welcome, welcome. We are so excited to have you guys back for the Post-Sermon Reflections podcast. I have some announcements before we get started, but I am so excited that you're here. I'm here with Mark and Donna, two people that I love, two people that I cannot wait to join into a conversation. But I want us to look forward a little bit. We have an awesome new series that's going to come out on June 11th, and that's going to be our read-along series about a a book on transgenderism, because we want to be thinking well about how to love people in our community who are struggling in this way and how to think about this as believers. And that is preparing us for our Transform series on July 16th. But today we are excited to talk about the Church of Philadelphia and the Book of Revelations. And so Donna is going to start us off with our sermon recaps. We can hop into our conversation. Yeah. Thanks, Ruth. Um, So today, Pastor Brennan uh, taught on the letter to the church in Philadelphia. They were um, only one of two churches in this book that is not condemned for anything. There's no rebuke. There's no call to repentance because that he simply is affirming who they are and what they're going through. They This is a small church of little power that has been through the ringer, and they've been um, ostracized, they've been excluded, they've been uh, basically, you know, boxed up and put away, mm. and they've been slandered, and yet they endured, and they remained yeah. faithful through all of that. Yeah. And so that's his message to them, and that's his message to us today. Oh, so good. And one thing that's important to note about this town that Pastor Brennan brings in is that this town was like forged by some serious earthquakes. And so these people would have remembered what it was like for the ground to shake under them. And we use that as an illustration throughout the whole sermon about as believers, sometimes we have some earthquakes that shake us up and they they make us forget, they, for, they make us forget who we are. And we're so disoriented that it's hard for us to find Jesus. And so I'm excited to hear your guys' story and testify of God's goodness in the midst of some of your really serious earthquakes. So, Mark, I would love for you guys to just tell a little bit of your story. What were some of the big earthquakes in your life? Well, the one that comes to our mind is it it happened a few years ago, and it lasted for maybe two and a half, three years. And the earthquakes started happening, and it seemed like there were a bunch of little earthquakes at a time. And it was more like a culmination of things. And what happened was we just started going through these small earthquakes with people that we trusted, Mm -hmm. with people that were our friends. And things started happening, and uh, we started getting very confused and disoriented. And we were asking each other, are we insane? Are are we going crazy? Are are these things actually happening? And in my in my own personal part of this story, as I became more and more disoriented and more confused, I started becoming very angry. Mm. And the best part for me to do as we were going through this was keeping my mouth shut. And then they, we had to make a decision finally um, to just make a, a, a decision to break away yeah. from these friends. And when we did that, we started seeing uh, God honor our obedience. Yeah. Yeah. So just some relational challenges of yes. in your in your life. Don, will you speak to that? Yeah. Um when Pastor Brennan said he was using um the earthquake, like you said, as an example and, and what they experienced in this church, um, but he used it as a metaphor for these trials, these circumstances that we go through, and it's the same kind of thing. He mentioned that when he experienced an actual earthquake, he had um 
um, symptoms of, you know, disorientation and, you know, nausea and yeah. confusion and, you know, whatever. And um, the experts say, you know, find a fixed thing and keep your eyes just on that one thing um, to kind of reorient yourself. And in the midst of this, it could not have been a better illustration mm-hmm. um, because, like Mark said, it was just very chaotic, very disorienting, very confusing. Mm-hmm. Um, right was wrong and, you know, up was down. And um, Pastor Brennan mentioned that, you know, when that rubble happens after the earthquake, the aftermath and all that, um, sometimes, you know, your faith is buried in that rubble, your sanity is buried in that rubble. Mm-hmm. Um, and that is exactly how we felt. Um, it was very, very confusing. But what we also saw was this whole idea of fixing your eyes on Jesus and that one stationary, forever true mark in your life. We, I'll speak for myself personally, I don't know how you feel about this, but I don't feel like I was fixing my eyes on Jesus. I felt in such chaos and turmoil that basically I knew I was saved. Basically, I knew I was saved, but I, I but, but, but I didn't really like God's people very much. Mm. And when I started like saying, that's my flesh speaking, and I'm not fixing my eyes on Jesus. And when I started fixing my eyes on Jesus and praying about being able to focus on him and being filled with his spirit and being able to deal with this in a godly way, that's when I started seeing um, God working in my own life. So then I could fix my eyes on Jesus more mm-hmm. consistently. But it didn't start that way. I fixed my eyes on anger and my own retribution and my own pound of flesh and mm-hmm. completely wrongheaded. Fully admit that. But when I started focusing on Jesus, things started looking a lot better. Yeah. Um, we are very thankful for faithful friends. Um, and one in particular, my friend Jill, um, sent us a note in the middle of all this. She was aware of what was going on. Yeah. And um, and she sent me a note with First Peter, what is it, hun? First Peter 2. 3.9. First Peter, oh, 2.9. No, 2.23. 2.23. Um, Sorry. Speaking of Jesus, when he was reviled, he did not revile in return. When he suffered, he did not threaten, but continued entrusting himself to him who judges justly. And that really helped both of us reorient mm-hmm. you know that he as our example um in all things he did not seek his own retribution and in um in revelation in the letter to philadelphia he says to them in verse 9 that he will make those who are against these people these saints um bow before them and they will know that he has loved them yeah and what strikes me in that is not that you know God's people are going to have people bow down to them. It's not that. It's that he's the just judge. He's the one who will right every wrong. And he's the one that we need to be looking to, like I said, as the example from First Peter about, you know, not reviling in return, not returning like for like. When mm-hmm. people hurt you in this way, yeah. when you're betrayed, when you're slandered, when you're hurt that deeply yeah. by people you love, and trust and reasonably so you know you're not wrong to love them and trust them yeah um it's very confusing it's very painful and like mark said you know the anger piece me i have a very strong sense of justice and i remember saying to him like he'd be angry and i'd be like it's the wrongness it's just the wrongness like and 
you know, I remember listening to somebody say something once about like somebody did them wrong and they were like, I want a piece of her, you know? Yeah. Yeah. And it's just that desire for like things to be made right. Yeah. And knowing that Jesus is the one keeping the perfect record. Mm -hmm. Um, Vengeance is not ours. There's no need for anything like that. But we do need to keep our eyes on him. He's the one who will help us when we're disoriented in in the middle of all the chaos just to stay steady with our eyes fixed on him. Yeah. And and what I'm hearing you guys say and thinking about the, the church in Philadelphia is that the church of Philadelphia and the people of Philadelphia experienced broken promises and people not showing up for them the way that they thought they were. And for you, it's the same. Is there, there were some broken promises in the midst of your story. There were some serious challenges that you guys went through mm-hmm. where, man, I was expecting someone to do this for me and they did this for me. And that can be so scary and so hard. Um, and so I just want to hear some encouragement when you feel like your world is falling apart and you have friendships that are now being broken and you feel like you're getting stabbed in the back. In, in an earthquake like that, a relational earthquake where everything just feels like it's crunching. Yeah. You're crunching. What does it look like for you guys to hold fast onto Jesus and to fix your eyes on him in the midst of that circumstance specifically? Well, as far as fixing our eyes on Jesus, it was very important for me to learn. I, it almost felt like I had to relearn obedience. Mm-hmm. And the biggest thing for me was for the Lord to reteach me to keep my big mouth shut <laughs> because I, I'm always wanting to defend whatever it is. I, I want to defend myself. I want to defend my family. I want to defend whoever. Yeah. And let me, honor maybe. Yeah. Yeah, let me get my words in there just so you'll have my side of it. And the thing about fixing my eyes on Jesus was he said, keep your mouth shut. Be obedient to that one thing. Keep mm-hmm. your mouth shut. And now years later, and we're here, we're here at Cross Point, we're ministering, we're right yeah. where God wants us to be. And he's showing me that most definitely not. He's showing me that keeping my mouth shut, being obedient to him, fixing my eyes on him, remembering who I am, whose I am, and where my eternal home is. That's the most important thing because now I see him blessing that whole, the whole thing. And it was really just keep your mouth shut, mm. fix your eyes on me. I'm the vindicator. Mm. I'm the redeemer. And I will fix this myself. And now on, you know, however many years later, I see that being obedient was how he blessed. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. For you, obedience looked like trusting him to speak for you mm-hmm. instead of you speaking for yourself and probably getting into sin. Probably. Oh, no, there's no problem. There's definite. There's no problem. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Mark is not, not, not trying to say nice things. He's trying to say mean things. And the Lord was protecting him and protecting him in, in obedience, which is so good. Don, I'd love to hear some of your thoughts. Well, a couple of things come to mind. One is that, you know, there are a lot of people who go through a lot of things. Mm. Um, We've been through a lot ourselves and um, a lot of other things in addition to this. You know, we've lost a baby. We've, you know, both lost parents. Yeah. Um, And it's those are those are very, very hard things. Um, We know people who've been through much worse things. Um, so, and, you know, I think that you've made the comment before, whether you're, and I think Pastor Brennan picked up on this today too, whether your earthquake is a three or a 10, um, the lesson is the same to keep your eyes on Jesus. And we understand like, you know, our specific scenario was a little different than a lot of people's, but 
at the end of the day, whatever it is that you're going through, like there was a lot at stake. It wasn't just, this wasn't isolated between us and these friends. Yeah. It was very widespread. Yeah. Um, we, it was your reputation in a lot of areas. In a lot of areas with a lot of people. Yeah. Who mattered to you. Who mattered. And you mattered to them. Dearly. Yeah. They were like family. And the yeah. end result was we had to walk away from all of that. Yeah. And that was hard. And it hurt very badly. But instead of, you know, just getting vengeance or, you know, like he said, defending our own honor or whatever, you just trust the Lord that it'll work out and he will redeem it. And that's the word that you said, Mark, that just keeps coming back to me. It's like he does redeem these bad things that happen to us and they, that we have to trust that he has a purpose for them. Yeah. Um, to think that we can be so badly hurt or damaged or suffer. So, you know, people who've lost the you know, who suffered through the loss of a child, um, you know, the illness of a loved one, whatever it might be, without the hope of a sovereign God who has a purpose for the pain, it, that's everything. Yeah. When we, I remember we, we were down the shore. Um, it was kind of in the middle of all this. So it was very, uh, foggy, not the weather, in my brain, yeah. in his brain, very foggy. Sunny outside, cloudy in here. Cloudy up in here. And it was just like you could not see except that very next step in front of you. Yeah. And I remember um, we were at Hereford Inlet Lighthouse in <laughs> North Wildwood. Highly recommended. I'm Best, there. I'm picturing it. Favorite place on earth. And you walk through a garden behind the lighthouse and you go up this path and you come up on the seawall and there in front of you is just the ocean. It's just glorious. And I had sent the rest of the group ahead. I just kind of wanted to wander in that garden for a little bit and just pray. And I remember, and it was my mom's birthday and she had just died a few years before all of this happened. So things were just very raw. Um, And I remember just like, Lord, I love you but I don't understand this. I don't understand it. I don't like it, but I love you. And your word says for me to give thanks in all circumstances. And so thank you. I don't know what you're going to do with this. I don't know how you're going to make this a good thing, Mm. but I trust that you're going to bring good out of it because your word says that all things work together for good Mm -hmm. for those who love God and are called according to his purpose. I know I love him. Yeah. I wasn't quite sure that I was called anymore because I didn't know what I was supposed to do because we yeah. felt completely useless, powerless, like this this church yeah. in Philadelphia. Like yeah. we were, we felt both of us, I would think, correct me if I'm wrong, hon, but felt insignificant and unusable. Yeah. And yeah, there are earthquakes that can shatter our identity. Mm-hmm. And one of the things in being loved by Jesus, one of the awesome things is he prepares good works for us. Yeah. That's one of the most beautiful aspects of scripture is that yeah. he saves you, but he's got something for you to do with him and for him and for his glory that we find the joy of our identity applied. And I know that talking to you guys, you guys both have some really awesome teaching giftings. I can brag on them because I have sat under their teaching and been so blessed by it. And and they've been given a voice for the Lord to, to draw others into deeper discipleship. And so tell me a little bit about what was kind of happening to your calling mm. in the midst of, of this trial and, and in the midst of, of this place. 
I just, for me personally, I just took my focus off of it. Mm-hmm. I even, I stopped preparing for um, things that I was respons- were responsible for. Um, and then when the, we, we, we came to Cross Point when we were still in, in Brennan's um, living room, and <laughs> I just remember. Started from like, the bottom, now we're here. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I just remember like just that whole idea of just wait, just wait, just wait, just just get in there and heal, mm-hmm. you know, put up some put up some drapes, put up some like video screens and stuff and just 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 do labor. I don't know. Um, but it was really just like I really didn't I'll be honest with you, again, I really didn't care about my giftings. I didn't really care about the studying and the and just getting in there with the Holy Spirit and, you know, writing out a, a Bible lesson or yeah. whatever it was. I, I wasn't, I wasn't focused on that. Again, the disorientation and the confusion and the hurt really, I allowed, I mean, I've grown from that. Thank God I'm on the other side of that now, but I can see where my failings were mm-hmm. and I've learned what not to do. Yeah. I've learned about a lot about what not to do. Yeah. So I just remembered that all these things, like the, the future things, the future things, like, I have assurance. Mm. I have a rock solid family in the kingdom of God. Mm. It's assured. Um, I belong to Jesus and I belong to the Father and I belong to the Holy Spirit. I belong to God. And that's what really gave me most comfort was when I realized, um, like in verse 12, where it says, um, the one who conquers. I will make him a pillar in the temple of my God. Mm. Never shall he go out of it. And I will write on him the name of my God and the name of the city of my God, the new Jerusalem, which comes down from my God out of heaven and my own new name. Mm. And I just had to think about the future things. I really did. And I honestly, I didn't really care about the next day as much as I cared about whose I was and, and uh, who I was in Jesus. Mm. But then the healing on the other side of that, and then he just like propelled me. His Holy yeah. Spirit it propelled me right back into ministry when he thought I was ready. Yeah, he knew I wasn't ready. He knew I wasn't ready. Yeah, and I just accepted that. Yeah, so. and he he called the willing. Right. <laughs> and I I've I've experienced uh, sitting in the basement of the War Memorial under some of your Bible studies, and um, I'm grateful that he called the willing um, because the willing show up. And he moves in them. Well, thank you. Um, in verse is it ten? It's because that they kept his word about patient endurance. And when I think of how I watched my husband endure um, the things, honestly, they were just egregious. Mm-hmm. The things that were done to him, the things that he suffered. Um, I watched him become a shell of what he had been. Mm. Um, And it was the most painful thing to watch this wonderful man of God be abused in the way that he was. Um, Which is why, you know, in my flesh, I wanted to throat punch somebody. Oh, for sure. Um, sure. Throw it down. Throw it down. I want to have some hands. Oh, I... (laughs) 
He said, I want to punch her right in the teeth. Like, you know, I mean, right it's just teeth. right in the teeth. And, you know, We're not violent at all. I am not. I do not condone violence. <laughs> violence is not OK. That is no. not OK. That was the wrong You can wrong be angry and take. do not sin. Right. Yeah. You know, when you love somebody the way I love my husband yeah. and you see somebody hurt them, yeah. uh, you hurt. Yeah. And you want to make somebody else hurt. And oh, sure. um, but the fact of the matter is that his example of keeping his mouth shut and just remaining faithful, his patient endurance mm. um, was a lesson to me. Yeah. And I grew as a, as a result of watching my husband endure yeah. absolute Amen. horrendous, horrific betrayal. Um, and then in my own case, I know that. Um, you know, when it comes to teaching and everything, I thought, like you just said, you know, he prepares these works for us and, you know, for us to walk in. And I thought, well, that's the end of that road. Mm. That's it. Yeah. Um, I'm done. I'm washed up. Cut I have the team. I'm cut. Like I'm off. I'm on the bench. And um, in my daily reading, I was going through Jeremiah and I landed in verse nine uh, 20 of chapter 20. And he says, if I say I will not mention him or speak any more in his name, there is in my heart, as it were, a burning fire shut up in my bones. Mm. And I am weary with holding it in. And I cannot. Yeah. Ruth and I read this in the office the other day and we were both crying. Yeah. Mm -hmm. It's when you are called by God to teach his word. Yeah. There is nothing. It's painful not to. It's painful to keep it in. Mm -hmm. And it's not about us. It's about him. Yeah. We want to tell others yeah. about him. And we want to, you know, share his, his hope, the hope that we have in Jesus with them. Yeah. Right. And so to the thought of being washed up and used up and done and just like, you know, like the church in Philadelphia betrayed, ex excluded, yeah. um, ostracized. And then, but knowing that in that rubble, you know, Amidst all that, Jesus said, like Pastor Brennan said today, we need to remember who we are. Yeah. We need to remember whose we are. And we need to remember where we belong. Yeah. And those are those were the three things. He was spot on. Those were the three things that got us through. Yeah. 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 Amen. A heaven-bound identity, knowing that we are his right now. We are headed to him. And all the painful things that we're experiencing today and we will experience mm -hmm. we can remember yeah we're his kept yeah able to be obedient able to stand by his holy spirit able to keep our eyes on jesus yeah and i just thought of something as, as we were talking about that and when jesus was um speaking to some of his disciples and they're like man jesus we're going out there we're casting out demons we're working in your name and everything and jesus was like and this was kind of like atypical for yeah. jesus he goes yeah, let's let's put that on the back burner for a second and just remember you're like basically he said you're a child of the king. Yeah. You are headed for the kingdom. Your name is How about that? you glory in that for a minute? Mm -hmm. So because it's usually about the works we're going to do for the Lord in his name in his power. Get busy. But here he's saying, no, I want you to rest in the fact that you are mine mm -hmm. and I am yours and you have a home in heaven. You are part of the kingdom now. Yeah. So that's just what I thought of as you guys were um Yeah talking about that that's good i think too and i echo everything you just said but just the fact that um like who we are a lot of times it, this this can sound very self-centered 
um, when we come to it as like, you know, I am a child of the king and that makes me a princess. Well, hold on. This is about him. This is about him. Our true identity is in him. Mm-hmm. And when Jesus says, I see you, I hurt for you, I will vindicate you, I have redeemed you, I have loved you, you're mine. Mm-hmm. That truth brings such comfort, yeah. no matter what somebody else is going through. And people listening to this, they may not have the same experience we did, like I said earlier, but everybody goes through trials, everybody has their earthquakes. And the truth of who Jesus is, who he says we are, what he's done for us still stands. And he's that constant that we need to focus on when things are confusing. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, that's so good. Yeah. As we as we wrap up, I think of some final thoughts with you guys just hearing uh, that no matter what is happening in our life right now, no matter if we just lost a loved one, no matter if we're just struggling on our job. No matter if we're we're growing up right now and we're trying to figure out what does it look like to follow Jesus and I'm feeling disoriented in the culture, all those things, the application is the same, is to pick our eyes off our situation and to look at Jesus Amen. who has restored us, who has rescued us. I think of the, the story of Peter getting out of the boat and beginning to sink. Come on, Peter. <laughs> Come on, Peter. Lift your eyes up. Yeah, Peter yeah, walked. Yeah. But Peter walked. He but got Peter out walked. of the boat. That's right. We want to be the kind of people that are out of the boat. And we know that Jesus is there. We can fix our eyes on him. There is someone for us to behold and find hope in. Yes. Um, and so I I want to close in some prayer for for these believers who are, are listening. Maybe those who are not yet believers. We're really encouraged that you're listening. We want to say, hey, the invitation to be loved by Jesus and to be saved by him repentance is here for you. You can come and know him. He wants to give you this hope, but without him, you cannot have it. And so we just encourage you that right now, where you are, you could, you could message us on this. We would love to, love to pray with you. You can pray right now that Jesus becomes your Lord and your savior because you're a bad boss of you. And he, he wants to bring you under new management because he's got good things for you. And so Mark, I would love for, for you to pray and for Donna, for you to close. And we really appreciate you guys. Thank you, Ruth. Amen. Uh, Father in heaven, we just thank you. We thank you for the trials and the tribulations and and the things that come up in our lives. And I can thank you for that now because the waters are kind of calm. I mean, but we know there's more, you know, trials and things to come up in, in the future. But we, if we can just keep this, it's so simple to say, just fix our eyes on Jesus. Keep focused on your word and what it says. Let you be our you know, just remember you're our creator, sustainer, and, and and savior, and you're our redeemer. You redeem things that happen in this life even, Father. And if we could just hold on to that one rock-solid truth that you, if we fix our eyes on you, you will take care of everything else. And I just pray that we can learn to do that on a more consistent basis, that we won't be thrown into um, uh, chaos and 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 like disorientation and and confusion, you know, like some of the small things that come up, Father, we just, sometimes we spin out of control just because the small things, the small everyday mundane things in life sometimes get us spinning out of control. Help us in those small moments even just to keep our eyes on you, to keep things in check, to keeping ourselves off the throne of our lives and putting you 
on the throne of our lives, Father, keeping that spiritual man on the throne. And I just thank you how you call us back to yourself, how you um, just, you, you, you poke our hearts sometimes and sometimes you even chastise us and sometimes you're just like knocking on the door saying, hey, remember me, just put me back where I belong in your life on the throne of it and Father, take us off because, uh, man, as Ruthie was saying, Father, we are terrible bosses of ourselves. Yeah. We just look to you to lead us and guide us and to keep us true to you and your word. And we thank you in Jesus' name. Father, I want to pray for now for those who are listening, Lord, those who are suffering, people who are in despair right now, Lord, and they're just laying there with their faces planted in the ground, feeling just lost and confused and just disoriented, Father. And I just pray, Lord, that you, the giver of life, would be the lifter of their head, that you would um, just let them know that you are there. Help them to see you. Help them to lift their eyes to you, Lord Jesus, Father, that you are the one who will sustain, who will protect, who will provide, and who will bring all these things that happen um, to a good end, Father, because you love us and we have been called according to your purpose. And Lord, I pray that you would be glorified in them. And I pray right now for somebody who has no strength to just find the strength to say thank you. Thank you, Lord, for what you're going to do with this mess. Thank you, Lord, for what you're going to do. Lord, because you redeem all things, whether it's in this life or the one to come. Father, we know that you are the one, you're the just judge, you're the one who vindicates, you're the one who makes all wrongs right in the end. And Lord, you you do what you say you're going to do. You never fail. And so, Father, we want to continue to look to you. Give us strength, give us wisdom, give us that hope, Lord, uh, that certain hope, that certain assurance that you, Lord God, are the one who will um, who's who's orchestrated all of these things. You bring these things into our lives, and there's a purpose for them. Um, and so, Father, we just ask that you would help us to rest in knowing that we can trust you. We love you, Lord, and we thank you in Jesus' name. Amen. 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 Thank Amen. you so much for thank you, for joining us. Uh, Hey, we want we want our Sunday morning learning to be our Monday morning living. So we encourage you to fix your eyes upon Jesus. Mark and Donna, such a blessing uh, to be here with you guys. If you are encouraged by this podcast, we'd encourage you to share it with someone who maybe is struggling. Um, yeah, thank you so much. We appreciate your ears. Have a wonderful day.